I want to welcome Agile XRM to the podcast. I've known the people at Agile XRM for the past 12 years. I've seen how their business process management tool can add massive value to complex organizational processes in sectors such as finance and government. If you have complex processes or a need for dialogues on the Power Platform or Dynamics 365, take a look at how this BPM tool can add value. You can find them at agilexrm.com or check out the show notes for more details. Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Power 365 show. Our guest is Group Program Manager in the Microsoft Dynamics Platform team, Satish Thomas. Join me today as we chat about the Microsoft Customer Insights, how it works and how it could help your business. If you have not taken a look at SalesSpark, my question is why not? Sales engagement is how salespeople create a force multiplier on their time, prospects and opportunity, leading to predictable revenue. If you want to boost your sales results in 2020, go to salespark.com or contact me directly. Full show notes for this episode can be found at nz365guide.com forward slash 170. Now let's get on with the show. Satish, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mark, and uh, thanks for having me. Mate, it's good to get you on here. I've been, uh, there's been a bit of a holidays and whatnot got in the way, but we're finally here. And before we, before we kind of get into the range of products that you're responsible for, uh, that you lead in the Microsoft business applications team, can you tell us a bit about where life started for you in this wonderful world? <laughs> so um, I, I actually grew up in Botswana. Uh, which is in Southern Africa. Uh, so if you're ever thinking of a vacation, uh, Mark, you should definitely make uh, Botswana your first stop. Okay, um, good. <laughs> so I grew up in Botswana, um, came to the U.S. Uh, to study for college in Chicago, um, and then ended up at Microsoft as an intern. Uh, and then, you know, as, as as luck would have it, I was lucky enough to get a full-time offer um, and have been at Microsoft ever since. You know, it blows me away. You, you know, you mentioning there that you came in as an intern, which I didn't realize that um, that's how you started. And I just find so many of Microsoft's uh, super smart people, you know, that have amazing minds and lead some incredible teams. I love it that they actually, you know, started pretty much straight out of university as their first, you know, major career step. And why do you, why do you think that's worked so well for Microsoft as a whole? <sighs> It's it's kind of interesting, actually, because when I was an intern, actually, I think very, very, very highly of our intern program. Um, you know, when I first was considering, um, you know, jobs out of college, you know, the usual suspects were there. But I was really blown away with the Microsoft intern program. You know, it's three months. They don't put you on, on an intern project. You're basically building stuff that will make it into a product that ships. So that that intensity that experience is something that you don't get in a lot of places and actually there's a there was a very good perk back then uh which i think was the last year they did it was at the end of your internship you get to have you get to attend a barbecue at bill gates's house wow Um, Wow. so that was a you know and i spent my birthday my 21st birthday 
at Bill Gates's house. So it's kind of like a cool wow. story to say, hey, what did you do for your twenty so first cool. birthday? I'm like, you know what? I was at, uh, I was hanging out at uh, no, but it's an amazing experience, yeah. and and you get to hear a lot about. Um, you know his experiences. He takes a lot of questions. So that was that was a. I think that was the last year they they did that uh, because he he retired. You know he decided to go part time after that. And even now, I mean, it's amazing opportunities and events um, that they do for the intern program. So I'm definitely a big fan. And any anywhere I go in on college campus, I really really encourage folks to apply for the program and get in get get to feel and experience Microsoft. And then hopefully, you know, um, they decide to come back. Yeah, yeah. At a high level, kind of, what was the the structure of that intern program? Like you said, three months total, was it? Yeah, so it's three months. Uh, and, you know, believe it or not, I did my internship with Dynamics back then. Uh, so wow. Satya, uh, so okay. Satya was still still in Dynamics back then. Yeah. Um, he was our GM, I believe. So and is this early 2000s type thing, was it? No, it was actually 2006. Okay. 2006. Yep, yep, yep. Um, mm-hmm. So that was, you know, um, so it's three months uh, of, uh, you know, of the internship where you basically work on some real product features that will make it into the product. So you get to do the end-to-end, basically talk to customers, design the feature, uh, test the feature, and finally, before you before you head out, you have a presentation uh, with the leadership uh, and basically talk about everything you learned and, and and that's around the time you basically make the call of whether you you know you want to come back accept the offer to come back after college and all that good stuff so really it's it's a very packed uh, three months and and a lot of the folks that I met during my internship both as interns and FTs are still my friends colleagues and and folks that I that I still keep in very close touch with. Wow. And so does the intern program pretty much center around Redmond? Uh, no, actually, it's it's global. Mm-hmm. So my internship was in Redmond, uh, but I believe at every every Microsoft office around the world, or at least the bigger offices, there is the intern program in some form, um, which which is my understanding. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Okay, so when you're not working nowadays, what do you do in your spare time? <laughs> so I have a little one at home, a one-year-old and a and a seven-year-old. So I spend a lot of time uh, playing, uh, you know, playing uh, games and keeping them entertained. But mm-hmm. otherwise, I, I play poker. I, I really enjoy playing yeah. poker and tournaments and all that good stuff. I don't get enough mm-hmm. time to do it anymore, but whenever I get some time, that's what I do. Fantastic, fantastic. It's a yeah, it's a good fun game. Yes. Um, do you get do you get back to Botswana much? Yes, actually, I my parents are are there, um, so and my family, the rest of the family is there too. So I, you know, I try to make it there at least uh, every year, at least or maximum every two years, um, you know, just to go visit friends, family, uh, or have them come over here, whichever one works better. Yeah, yeah, no, good. If I was to go to Botswana, what am I? What what should I be doing? What should I be seeing? <laughs> so. Um, you know, obviously the the safaris are are a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 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 uh, that's a lot of fun. And and Botswana is one of the biggest producers of diamonds. So if you ever get wow. a chance, yep, yep. they they you know the the diamond mines are are sight to see. Uh, I mean, just the perspective, the scale. I mean, uh, if you if you see the trucks around there in the mines. It'll make you feel like a very, very small person in this world. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, but it's fun, though. It's it's one of the biggest, uh, some of the biggest diamond mines in the world uh, in Botswana, uh, in Orapa and uh, Joaneng. So if you ever get a chance, those are some things that I would definitely recommend. Excellent. And food? 
food well you know it's it's we eat a lot of meat uh we don't uh and then pop i'm guessing that's maize meal sorghum uh okay. and a lot of meat <laughs> wow so and and is it gamey meat or is it just like domestic animals a little bit and when, of I both. Say, when, when I say domestic, like cows and sheep yeah. and things like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So actually, funny enough, Botswana is also one of the biggest exporters of beef, mm-hmm. uh, especially to Europe. So there's a lot of, you know, what you call domestic meat. And, yeah. you know, I like a little bit of gay meat once in a while. So Nice. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Very cool. Very cool. So yeah. you, you came in as an intern to Microsoft. You started in Dynamics um, in that internship. Have you stayed with Dynamics pretty much the entire way through? So... Um, Actually, no. And then this is one of the another things that I like, I love about Microsoft, the fact that, you know, you can move around within the company um, and, 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 and get all these experiences. So I did start with our ERP business um, back when it was called Dynamics AX. Um, and I also got the opportunity after that to, to go start our marketplace, um, which is, which is AppSource.com right now. Um, so that became uh, a pretty good, uh, uh, you know, a successful um, story for us. And then after that, you know, the joke we have internally is once you go dynamics, you can't go back. Uh, <laughs> and after that, I got the opportunity again to 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 be part of uh, our customer data platform um, journey, uh, and specifically starting with Dynamics Switch Five Custom Insights, and that's what I've been doing for the last uh, year and a half or so. Wow! So. And yeah, I really want to get into the the CDP side of things. But um, I was when I was doing some research, I see you've written a book as well. Yes. So actually, yeah, I I, I forgot about that actually. Um, so that <laughs> was uh, back when uh, I was in the ERP world. Um, so our last uh, AX 2012, I believe, it was an on-prem release, um, fully on-prem release, and as we were working on the new cloud release, what has become, um, you know, our, our ERP in the cloud uh, application. So, yeah, so uh, upgrades back then was a was a big part of what was hindering customers getting on to the latest and greatest versions. Um, so I did, I did write a book uh, on our ERP product and a lot around the platform upgradability, how to write extends, you know, how to extend our, our, our data model so that you can write more upgradable code. Um, so yeah, that was, that was a, that was a fun book. It was, it was very popular back then, uh, among our partner channel and customers. So, so thanks for jogging my memory on that one. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm always interested in talking to writers and just how much effort goes into writing a book like that. I mean, it's, it's a rock solid book. It's still available. I see on Amazon. Yeah. What, what, what were the kind of the commitment that you made to that from a um, time perspective? Yeah. So actually, uh, I had the you know luxury of you know obviously there's there's a lot of other you know the the other subject matter experts also involved in that. Uh, I don't think I would have been able to write an end to end book, but I learned a lot from that experience, which is, um, you know. I think we always say this, right? That explaining things simply is hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and 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 especially ERP and upgrades and how to write upgradable code is not something that uh, uh, is e- you know easy to explain in simple forms. But um, it was hard, actually, to be honest. To and it took a lot of time. I think I went through multiple iterations with off that, uh, with my editor, etc. But it was definitely a fun experience because it's one thing to 
know something. It's another thing to be able to know enough about it to to articulate and explain to somebody that you might not have met or that is just, you know, that you're just communicating through the book. So that was definitely um, a great experience. And I'm very conscious of that when I write emails, when I write, you know, memos or when I write vision documents internally. Um, but that writing that book, I think, accelerated a lot of that learning for me. So, I see, I see LCS as another life cycle services was another area you're involved in. Yep. Tell us, tell us a bit about how that came about and, and what, what was your involvement with that? Yeah. Well, you're definitely <laughs> making me jog my memory. But, but, but this, <laughs> so LCS is also another thing that I had uh, the privilege to be part of from, from, from what I like to call zero to one. Uh, I still remember kind of sitting in a uh, room with a bunch of folks just whiteboarding what we can do here. But it was born out of the need of, you know, needing more predictable implementations. Yeah. Right. Um, where yeah. you're able to, you know, once you do it once right, how do you basically make that repeatable? How do you make best practices scale? Right. Not just um, uh, keep it in a bunch of uh, folks' mind as tribal knowledge. Um, and how do you reduce time to value? Right. So if you look at it, LCS is 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 um, if I remember correctly, was the first SaaS ALM solution definitely from our side at Microsoft and I think in the industry. Uh, and today, you know, LCS is used to pretty much all of our ERP implementations. But it was it was it was fun because it was it was driven by what we were hearing in market from our customers and partners. Uh, and then it became a lot of fun. The, 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 as soon as we got a preview out there, we had a lot of customers that were ready to validate, help give us feedback and iterate with. Um, but that was my first experience building, um, uh, you know, uh, an, an app or a service from the ground up, um, which, 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 which is always a little bit extra fun. Right. When you take an existing product and make it bigger or better, uh, that's one thing. But when you start from from zero to one, um, where all the way from the naming to what do we call it? What do we make it look like? What does that experience look like? What are the personas um, for this application? Um, it's it's very fun. And I think I've, I'm very lucky to have had that opportunity three times, uh, one one in um, LCS and in the ERP world. One with AppSource, all the way from when we were talking about as a as a code name, uh, to to Dynamics Suite Five Custom Insights as well. So, <laughs> I guess I'm, uh, I I really enjoy that. <laughs> that's so that's so cool. So, tell us a bit about your thinking um, behind AppSource um, back in the day. So, um, you know, if you if you really look, up, look, you know, think through marketplaces, you know, the biggest thing that makes or break a marketplace is 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 what I like to call liquidity, right? Uh, you know, ISVs will bring their application forward into a marketplace if they are plenty of users that are that are searching for or or users that can discover the application through that marketplace, yeah. right? And and Microsoft, you know, I mean, um, across Office 365, Dynamics 365, and Windows. Um, has multi-hundred million end users that are addressable, a potential addressable market for these ISVs, right? So we had a lot of marketplaces across the company. And with AppSource, we were able to basically consolidate and, and make sure we have one business apps marketplace from Microsoft that brought together ISVs that are building on top of our cloud, 
right? Be it Dynamics, Azure, um, Office, um, or Windows. Be able to publish an app source so that end users across all of these ecosystems can discover, try it, and consume it, right? So that is, you know, fundamentally what um, what is different with AppSource. And, and, and right now, if you look at it, if you look at the number of applications, if you look at the number of end users that are coming there to try applications um, and, and buy it and adopt it, um, it's, just, it's just tremendous. And, and I think the scale uh, that comes with that is, 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 is pretty amazing. Would you, if you were having to rebuild um, AppSource today, and let's say it was whatever it would be called, um, <laughs> if you're, if you're re- rebuilding it, because uh, I know it's going through a transition cycle at the moment from a, um, a business application perspective, from a, both a Power Apps and a Dynamics 365 perspective, would you, mm-hmm. w- would you do anything different? So, um, and, and, and this is with hindsight, right? Yeah. Not, you know, yeah. And, and obviously there's, there's an amazing team that's, that's kind of building that out now. Right. Um, so, you know, the, 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 the one thing is obviously, you know, if you look at it, the, if you look at the ecosystem, we start off with dynamics, right? Um, so as we started off, you know, we were basically embedded within dynamics 365 applications, um, Etc. But once we basically integrated AppSource into the Office ecosystem, is where you know the the top just blew out in a big way. Right. 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 So many many more people coming into the funnel. So uh, think about it. Right. If 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 I'm using Outlook um, and I'm a business user looking for an exp- expense application. I could basically say get apps and land into AppSource contextual for what I'm looking for, right? So obviously it took us uh, 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 a few months uh, or a year to basically expand AppSource into all of those ecosystems. And that's where truly um, the, the the power of, of, of what we were trying to do came to life, right? Um, so, but, you know, I, I I try to move very fast, so that is something that I I wish we had done faster. But in hindsight, you know, in the bigger scheme of things, it's it's it it got to where we wanted to to get to. And there's always things you can improve, do better. And I think that's based on feedback we're hearing from ISVs and end users. And that's just the cycle of life that's that's continuing to happen. Um, you know, a lot of investment going on there. But but super happy with. Uh, with with how we were able to bring to AppSource and all the success it's seen in market since. So tell me about the the portfolio that you're responsible for now. So what would a customer see in market or what would be a, a partner be working with that ultimately flows up into your part of the organization? So at the highest level, I'm responsible for product around you know, Microsoft's customer data platform, um, specifically the products and services that accrue to it, which are Dynamics 365 Customer Insights, Dynamics 365 Product Insights, and our um, data integration um, set of services. So this includes all the connectors, uh, data flow, et cetera, that, that power applications such as uh, our Insights applications and also the rest of the Power Platform like Power BI, Power Apps, uh, et cetera. Wow. So when we're talking about connectors, what, there's over 300 odd connectors now that your team would have, would have built out? Correct. So we built a framework for it. And obviously, you know, I've lost count of where we are, but yes, definitely a um, couple of hundred and just, you know, we just keep adding more and more to that um, every month, every week, et cetera. So you've, you've raised an interesting um, 
you know, phrase here, customer data platform, CDP. And, you mm-hmm. know, I've probably, for me, I've heard it mainly probably in the last six to nine months, more and more this term CDP. Mm-hmm. Can you, is it purely a reference to the Insight products and those integration points or is it a broader story? Yeah. So, you know, CDP as a term, customer data platform is an industry term, right? Um, it's always had a little bit of a marketing connotation to the use cases we're primarily marketing. But our point of view, and I think we, we definitely are, you know, it's a nascent space category. Um, and we definitely feel where we have a very differentiated view here, which is, you know, we have a vendor agnostic view where you can bring in your customer data from anywhere, you know, in the furtherance of building that 360 view of the customer uh, and understanding of customer with which you can kind of derive, um, you know, AI driven insights and then be able to use all of that to deliver exceptional customer experiences. Right. So yeah. that is is. And, and if you look at, you know, the overall story, right, being able to bring in data from anywhere. So think think about you know, whichever business application you use, that's okay. You can bring data from there. You can unify it. You can basically segment the top of it. And then I think one of the biggest things is, you know, I never, ever, ever talk about customer insights or a CDP story without the power platform. So if I want to take that unified view of the customer, you know, do deeper analysis with Power BI, that's possible because we have out-of-the-box connectors. If I want to build a custom application like a greeter application uh, using that three 60 view of the customer, I can do that too, because you've got out-of-the-box integration power apps. And same goes with, you know, if I want to do customer journey orchestration, say things like if a customer's churn uh, percentage goes from 10% to 20%, send a notification to an account manager, I can do things like that with Power Automate. So it's just the, the, the beauty of, you know, everything coming together and the fact that all of this unified data is built on our planet scale, you know, cloud, um, yeah. Azure, where, you know, you can actually put all of that unified data in your own data lake is is what really makes all of this together a, a very durable differentiator that, that we're very excited about. Um, and obviously, you know, getting a lot of traction in market right now. Mm-hmm. So, so where did this uh, concept um, within Microsoft have it have its nexus? You know, why did Microsoft build, mm-hmm. um, you, you know, the the Insight range of products? So, you know, from a product Insight perspective, mm-hmm. um, what blows my mind about that is, you know, the amount of data can, that's the as in the size of the data sets that you're feeding into to product Insights from, you know. Uh, so many different um, engagement points that a lot of people wouldn't be aware of. Yep. But but the whole idea of going down this path of customer insights, product insights, um, and the customer data platform, where did it have its origin? Um, how, how many years ago? And, and why did Microsoft now, you know, obviously invest a lot of money in pursuing this? Yeah. So I think, I think there's two pieces to it, right? One is obviously, you know, there's a lot of these pieces that we have actually built internally to solve the, you know, everything that I talked about in terms of the need also existed for us as a company, right? As yeah, Microsoft. Yeah, so yeah. Um, 
obviously we had a, a notion of a customer insights um, instance or customer 360. Uh, we also have this notion of product insights that we use for 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 you know for our own use cases, right? Um, how do I understand the 360 view of a customer that's doing business with Microsoft, and how do I understand how they're interacting with my products and services? exist for us as a company right so our our you know one of one of the key things was you know we found a lot of value in that and our thing was like hey is this something that we can actually make available to every organization out there um, that coupled with the fact that you know we are we were hearing this the need and feedback from our customers that we're asking for for these things as well Right, and that's just where magic happens. <laughs> um, so, so I think it's it's two things. Like, for example, if you look at our, you know, if you look at our CDP approach in terms of saying, you know, it enables you to understand uh, a three six, get a three sixty understanding of your customer and how customers are interacting with you across all of these customer journey touch points. That becomes a pretty powerful story, right? Um, and if you look at product insights specifically um, internally. Um, the 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 version of that that we use for our own products, you know, it gets a ton of usage. I believe it's like 25 million signals a second across wow. two billion endpoints, um, right? Just to pick on that example. Um, yeah. So so there's just tons of things that we're learning with what our needs are. We hear a lot from customers, and then our job is just to make sure, you know, how do we make these like easy to consume applications where customers can get a lot of this value quickly, with you know. Um, things that only we uniquely can do, and, and and that's where you know magic happens. Yeah. So, give me an overview of of Microsoft Customer Insights and oh sorry Dynamics three six five Customer Insights, particularly from the point of view that, um, you know, we've heard this term for years. I mean, heck, I <laughs> sold CRM back in the day on the three sixty degree view of the customer yeah. and. And when I started unpacking, you know, customer insights and, and getting trained on it, what blew me away is that in the Dynamics world, from a, let's say a, a purely sales perspective, you would use a merge function. Like if, if two records were a duplicate, you'd go through and you'd merge and you'd do this cleanup. What blew me away with customer insights is this, you don't, you can leave those data sets where they are, but your AI running over it says, hey, this is the same customer. So therefore mm -hmm. we'll, we'll interrogate the entire data set, but not treat them as separate, you know, record sets. And that, that seems to be quite a pivot in the way you're looking at data now and the need for, you know, ongoing triage by people um, and, and how you view uh, customer insights. Yeah, so spot on. I mean, if 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 you go to, you know, if if you look at what has happened, you know, in the world um, recently, right? There's tons of data coming in from everywhere, right? Both devices and a lot of organizations are using many different applications to serve their customers, right? So one of the things that happen as a result of it is, as you start using all these different applications, you lose this, you know. Um, for lack of a better term, a 360 view of understanding of that customer. So let's say um, I call into a contact center um, and then I fill out a survey, right? If I, a, if I fill out a survey saying I'm not very pleased with the experience and then the next time I call in, 
I get pitched a new service or an upsell opportunity, I'm probably mm-hmm. not feeling, you know, too happy at that point, right? <laughs> so, so the fact that there's been like a, a, a proliferation of a lot of these uh, high-value customer data signals and sources that exist within an organization, there's just a huge opportunity to bring this together without having you to basically, you know, rip and replace um, or change your core transactional system. So we're not saying you need to change any of those systems of how you do your work, but we're basically allowing you, uh, providing you with a simple way to bring it all together, unified, so you can you you can you can do something very very useful with it, which which includes you know delivering very very personalized and and exceptional customer experiences. So you know that is the reality, and I think within that reality for us to for us to enable this, that's where I think there's just so much demand, and any organization with with customers, mm-hmm. uh, I guess is fair game for this. So so you know I, I feel like a product like this couldn't come too soon from a how customers are becoming fatigued, if you like, with things like surveys. You know, like I often will get, uh, can you fill out a, so, you know, you just did this or you just flew out, you know, on airlines or you just were in a hotel. Can you fill out the survey? And I'm like, listen, I pay, I paid for the product. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not giving you free, you know, feedback for a couple of reasons. One, I feel it's, it's going to go into a black hole. It's going to go into a bu- bunch of anonymized data sets that have no relevance to me. Mm-hmm. Why would why would I spend my time, which is the only thing that you know is not renewable, um, on filling out your survey? And what what you're saying here is, well, you could take that survey data and really, you know, tie it back into the customer engagement after that point. I think yeah, customers would be much more inclined to to share their insights and their feedback and their things like that if they could tangibly see it having an effect. Correct. And I think survey is just one example, right? And I, and I think, you know, I want to give one example here which just blew my uh, mind away in a good way uh, a couple of weeks ago. So without naming the specific airline, I missed a flight. Um, so I, I usually go to Europe. I have my pattern of, you know, I land in the morning, I attend yeah. meetings in the afternoon, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, so I missed my flight. Um and, you know, I basically called in the the support center from my app for their airline. And it was just amazing. Um, the, 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 the lady that answered the call was like, hey, Mr. Thomas, I noticed you missed your flight, of course, because I called them after the flight yeah, to call. Yep. And they mm-hmm. said, you know, and, and we know where you were trying to get to. We've actually rebooked you so that you can actually attend uh, – arrive there within 25 minutes of your initial plan time. Wow. So think about that. They have all of that information. I use their mobile app. They know my profiles. They know my patterns of, of travel. And they were just able to use all of that information within that within their organization to just give me an amazing customer experience. Mm. Um, you know, and, and, and guess what? If, if I have to ever refer an airline to somebody, guess which one I'm mentioning, right? Yeah, so yeah. It, it, I think, you know, being able to allow every organization to delight their customers like that is, I think, why we, why we do what we do with, um, you know, customer insights, product insights, and just overall our customer data platform. And I always use that example with the team because it's like, oh, wow, um, if we can enable that for as many organizations as possible with what we build, um, I, I, I think you know we'll, we'll all be in a good place. So tell me, tell me what what are the industries that are adopting now, like that are you know um, 
that are using your products uh, as in the, the, particularly as insights like is there any particular industries that you're seeing are adopting now are getting on it um, you know more than just um, you know kicking the tires so to speak but actually really engaging with Microsoft and bringing their data sets to the table is there any patterns that you're starting to uncover yeah so you know any any organization primarily b2c right so whenever the customer can, is is a, is an individual is where we're seeing the most traction right so specifically industry wise you know I'll I'll talk about a few public examples we have out there um Tivoli is one example right then they they they're the second oldest amusement park in Denmark um you know millions of visitors every year um you know all the way to retail banks right airlines uh retailers Right, so we're seeing a lot of traction with the retailers, um, right. uh, pharmacies. So you know the way to think about it is, you know, I think this is where um, I personally have been very pleased uh, in a good way, um, or surprised in a good way, is is we're seeing broad uptake ag- across industries where there is, you know, B two C use cases. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So auto companies, and and guess what? Right, the more the the Companies want to become more connected to their end customers, right? And I think that's where, if you look at that huge trend um, that is happening around the world, we basically enable a lot of those scenarios. But across industry, I couldn't pick one, but I would say, you know, retail banking, um, um, just retailers, right, is 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 two of the biggest ones. But but we're seeing traction across the board. We have hundreds of uh, paying customers right now in just a few months of being live, um, and and it's it's just it's just been a roller coaster ride, and and it's so much fun because whenever you know I talk to customers, you learn so much about their business. Um, yeah, yeah. As you as you try as you try to help guide them, you know, in terms of how they can best use our products, I, I learned so much about the business, and 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 that personally makes a lot of fun. Have you have you had any kind of um, I don't know surprises, revelations, like aha moments when working in any of these industries? Like, in other words, they're starting to 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 get information that, of course, has been sitting there in their data but not been revealed. Are you having, I don't know, even um, I don't know, uh, customers come back to you and just, you know, with these kind of success stories? Yeah, so I mean, if you if you look at it, um, customers, you know, uh, you know, nobody does a CDP project uh, because it's, uh, you know, because they just want to have fun. It's usually, you know, I, if, <laughs> if I had to um, aggregate it down to three of the top use cases that we see across, it's usually companies that want to reduce churn right? Which is, hey, you know, either the business model changed or they're getting a lot more competition, um, et cetera. They, they want to reduce churn, right? So they want to have a deep understanding of the customer so they can detect churn and be able to act on it before it becomes a churned customer. Uh, increase upsell, right? I think, uh, I forget who said this, but um, decreasing churn is the new growth, right? right? So right. from that context, um, being able to upsell to your existing customers. First, you need to keep them. How do you upsell to them? Uh, and then finally, you know, how do you just increase customer lifetime value, right? So these three are the scenarios. And and to be honest, I think the these three kind of span across industry, 
Mm-hmm. Right. So think about that for a second. An airline company, a retail banking company, even a retailer, they're dealing with these are usually their top of mind scenarios that they want to get ahead and using customer insights and our overall kind of CDP um, uh, products and services is is what enables them to kind of um, um, address those and get ahead of it. Um, right. And stay ahead of it. I think the more and more, just like the example I gave you, imagine if you're able to get customer sat and NPS that high to a point where customers start, you know, they become loyal customers. Forget about just being customers, loyal customers that, that are able to recommend to other customers. I mean, that is what everybody's going through. And that is just across every industry. So um, just one example, right? Energy and utility companies. We have a bunch of companies that are using custom insights in the utility space. Uh, they have the same problems or they have the same needs, right? Um, churn might not be as um, big an issue because in a lot of cases, it's 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 a captive um, audience. But but increasing upsell, right? If, if I provide more um, um, solar services, Right? How can I get you to use more of my services? Is always a, a interesting uh, conversation that these organizations have, right? So that's that's the piece I think that has surprised, not surprised, but something that I've learned um, as we deal across these industries. And I think the second surprise I think in my mind is just how many different systems are you know s- typical companies have. You know, it's not just one CRM system. There might be different CRM systems, different CRM systems from different vendors due to acquisitions, um, different sort of systems in different geographies. So that has been um, at least personally a, a, a big thing that I've learned. But hey, that that validates the need for, um, you know, customer insights and, 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 and what we're doing with our overall CDP uh, approach, even more valuable to organizations to kind of reach their goals. Mm. So that, that brings me to my next question, which is around data. Is where is the data coming from? As in, as in, you know, systems wise, and 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 is it age data? Is it like are we talking five, ten, fifteen plus years, or do you do tend to work with, uh, you know, take a sample set? What, what are you seeing as being, you know, those? Diverse data sources that companies are bringing to the mix that are feed that are fed ultimately into Dynamics three six five customer insights and then you know the the insights piece kick in can kick in and or the algos can kick in to give yeah. those insights. Yeah, so you know it depends on you know let let me start with like you know the more complex enterprises there's typically tens of potential data sources of high value customer data. Uh, But one of the things that I really push for is from a best practice perspective is, you know, start small, right? Start with a powerful use case that you can do with the minimum set of data sources, because once you have one use case going, the second one is a lot more easier, right? so, so depending on the size of the company, the number of data sources might vary, but I like to keep it as lean as possible um, when, when people are going through the first use case. In terms of types of data, you know, it's, it's at the highest level, it's transactional, observational, behavioral, and I'll give you examples, right? So CRM systems, lead data, survey data, e-commerce data. So if you have feeds of data coming in in terms of purchase data, that becomes very useful. Contact center data, um, etc. So think about all of your transactional workloads or um, 
you know, um, vehicles where you bring in customer data like surveys, et cetera, all of those are fair game. And um, the more you bring in, the more complete the view of the customer. So we typically see customers bring in a few and then they keep adding more and more sources to it um, so that the unification and everything, segmentation and the AI and insights can just kick in. Um, so it's it's there's always a little bit of a, it's not a big bang um, when when somebody does a CDP project, uh, but it's usually iterative and 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 once they start seeing a little bit of value, they want to bring in more data uh, and all that good stuff. And with product insights, um, what that allows you to bring in is more kind of the observational data. So how are peak customers interacting with you across website, uh, mobile device or connected devices becomes an interesting kind of data source to complete. Um, to build an even more comprehensive view of your customer. So does IoT fit into that mix at all? Uh, yes. So for the connected devices part, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Um, that can, you know, you, you, you can basically bring it in um, and that accrues to, to kind of building that overall customer profile and all that good stuff. So, so when we talked about all these data sets from, you know, CRM, e-commerce, uh, I take it this is right to FPOS terminals, every transactional piece, uh, if it was running through a store, that data can be imported. Does it have to all be in the cloud or can it be on-prem-based data sets? Yeah, very good point. Actually, in a lot of industries, a lot of the customer data still sits on-prem, mm-hmm. right? So I think that's where going back to, you know, if you look at our, uh, data integration technology and the connector uh, pieces that we use. We have this gateway um, technology that allows you to connect to on-prem sources, um, or you can actually replicate those on-prem sources into an online source, and then we take it from there. But being able to reach into the on-prem sources is a big part of you know, building this complete view, especially in the financial industry. A lot of the data sits on-prem, so that becomes a key part of um, how we can basically bring in that data. And and so, just touching on that from a PII perspective, because you know, in a lot of these cases, I wouldn't have thought that you want to necessarily anonymize the data as in to who it is, because the value for me as a customer would be to have, you know, the response of my previous survey produce something specific for me, so I become more loyal. How does how is that all handed from a you know? the PII perspective or data residency, do, do you, has that all been taken into account? Which, well, I assume it has, but how has it? Yeah, absolutely, right? So I think the key thing here is, um, you know, this is all of an organization's data, right? So when they bring in that data, um, they're bringing it into their own instance, right? And once the data is unified, the customer is able to actually store the data within their own tenant in an Azure data lake. So the, it's the customer's data. They have full control over it in terms of what they do with it. But all of that, of course, you know, is is of paramount importance. And I think that's where our model is is pretty unique from that perspective, where you know the customer has full control over it, uh, and it's every you know all of that is happening in their tenant. Wow. So, I mean, it's an incredible product. As I was talking to a colleague of mine, and one of the things they said, it's the best example of where you can, you know, use Power Apps, you can use Power Automate. Um, uh, Power Virtual Agents hadn't come out at the time that we're having the discussion, but it really does allow you to tap into the entire suite of Microsoft's, you know, Power Platform ecosystem 
mm-hmm. as part of this application. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and I think you know I, I I truly you know believe the 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 CDP layer right where we're building with Dynamics Street Five customers and product insights becomes that foundational layer of a modern kind of uh, enterprise and organization architecture, right? And the fact that you know we integrate, you know, you, you can get started uh, by unifying your data, you know, um, enriching it, doing segmentation. Uh, the fact that you'll never fall off a cliff is a big part of the story, right? So if you if you want to use a fully SaaS service to do all of this and just use our APIs and our connectors, great. But if you want to do more advanced uh, scenarios, you can always kind of drop down into Azure or use our out-of-the-box Power Platform connectors to basically, you know, like I mentioned, do an analytics with Power BI, uh, custom apps with Power Apps, or journey orchestration with Power Automate. But but you're right, though, it really brings that entire Microsoft story um, together, um, and and you know, uh, to 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 solve probably one of any organization's most strategic problem, which is how do we how do we deliver exceptional customer experiences and 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 keep growing the business. Yeah, so true. Just as we as we start to wrap up, tell me what is the um, the ISV story, or is there an ISV story yet um, for uh, the Insights range of products? Yeah, so this is actually um, an active area that we're working on, right? Especially given my app source experience, it's it's very close to my <laughs> to my heart. The, you know, if you look at customer insights, etc., it's very you know it's a foundation to to many things above right so one of the things that we're looking at is um, we have a lot of SIs doing this already where they're actually going to organizations saying hey I will I will actually help you achieve uh, banking 360 okay or retail 360 what that means is they basically take customer insights and product insights and they basically, um, have custom connectors that are that are very applicable in that industry, right? So Microsoft right, will never right. build all of those connectors, um, but we have a rich framework on top of which ISVs can build that uh, or SIs can build that. On top of that, you can basically have out-of-the-box segments, right? Which segment makes sense in which industry? A lot of ISVs have that su- subject matter expertise. Um, and then, you know, um, the 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 power platform collateral right so if if i'm a banking solution i can have a power app tailored for the banking industry i can have a power bi report tailored for what might be most applicable in a banking industry and if i'm able to package all of this uh-huh. right and publish this on something like AppSource, where uh, on AppSource actually, where I can actually search for Banking 360 or or Retail Customer Insights. I'm able to see all of that finished IP on top of our platform. I think that is where we want to go with our ISV story and something that 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 we are we're thinking through uh, and and listening to feedback uh, on from our customers and of course the the ecosystem as well. Yeah, fantastic. What excites you about the Wave One announcements? Oh, it's it's hard to it's hard to pick uh, anyone, but I think it's you know I think I'm 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 personally obviously very very pumped about what we're doing in the insight space and obviously you know the customer data platform. But I mean, just 
you know, the, the true strength of everything that we're doing is a better together story across the dynamics apps, across the insights applications, and, and obviously the power platform, right? And I think we're doing a lot of work between these three as well to, to, to make the better together story really, really pop. Um, so it's hard to pick a favorite, but I think, I mean, hopefully you're feeling this as well, but the momentum is just amazing and, and, and we're having a lot of fun uh, building all of this. <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah. It's, it is phenomenal. 2020 is going to be an amazing year. but And I think because so much of the groundwork was done in 2019, you know. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, very exciting. Um, resources, if, if people want to go out of their specific forums, training material available for the for the community to access and start kind of skilling up uh, um, around the product? Yeah, so obviously, you know, you can go to um, our website. So Dynamics 365 Customer Insights, it's a G, you know, it's, it's, it's been in market for a few months. Uh, we have a lot of resources there in terms of eBooks, uh, videos, you know, community, um, and another thing that we are actually doing similar to some of the power platform products is, you know, we have this thing called custom insights in a day workshops yep. around the world. Um, so we started as, as, as an experiment in Redmond, but it caught on fire. So right now there's tens of these happening around the world every month. Um, so if there's, if there's a, definitely an opportunity for any one of you to attend that, I would definitely take that up. Um, um, so it's just, you know, there's, there's just so many resources out there. The community is actually starting to build a lot of content, uh, around custom insights. And, you know, as always, if, if there's any questions that I can help with, uh, I'm happy to engage directly as well, uh, or at least point you in the same right direction, all that good stuff. Excellent. Before I go to some quick fire questions about life in general, some deep and meaningful questions, um, is there anything you want to add just before we, uh, wrap no, I think, you know, definitely thanks for the opportunity and, 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 you know, having been in Dynamics and Microsoft for a while, I mean, we're, you know, I, I feel like we're just getting started. So if there's any feedback, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, um, et cetera, that, that, uh, or anything that I can help with, you know, Thomas at Microsoft.com, um, you know, would love to, to connect. I love it. I love it. So, okay, are you ready for some quick fire questions? <laughs> sure. Okay. What's your best scar story? Scar story. Yeah, yeah. Um, Bitten by a lion, maybe? <laughs> uh, actually, we, we do have uh, a reserve nearby where they had a couple of uh, lion cubs. Uh, I, did uh, I didn't get scratched, but I almost came close to getting uh, uh, scratched and, 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 and scarred. But no, I don't have any cool scar stories, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> if you could arm wrestle a historical figure, who would you mm -hmm. choose and why? Nelson Mandela. Um, wow, I, I, I had the... Um, I remember in 1995, I got the opportunity to briefly meet Nelson Mandela. And I think he was just a fun person. You know, he was just mm -hmm. uh, joking around. And I'm like, man, this guy would be a fun guy to hang out with. So That is so um, cool. So, yep. I love it. I love it. What's your most used emoji? That's a good I, uh Thumbs up. <laughs> I, I used the thumbs up a lot. Nice, nice. Mine, mine's often the uh, laughing face with tears coming out the eyes, you know. <laughs> so um, I've never, yeah, sometimes I misunderstand that for crying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, But I yeah. realize that means two very different things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. I just, yeah, there's, there's, um, there's actually a Microsoft guy, Chris Huntingford, and he says some stuff. And uh, just, yeah, it makes me <laughs> laugh. Um, what stereotype do you completely live up to? 
stereotype. Interesting. Um, I wear glasses and I read a lot. I guess mm -hmm. I don't know if I don't know if that is uh, ah, yeah, a yeah. stereotype, that but that, um, yeah, yeah whenever I get some chance, I write. I love reading 10k statements of public companies. It's just a wow. weird weird hobby I have, but I that read a lot. Weird. So whenever <laughs> I get a few minutes, or I'm on a flight, I, I take printouts of 10ks and read it. Wow, I hope you're investing in those businesses <laughs> so you're getting a payoff. Um, would you rather be rich or famous? Um, Famous, but but for the right reasons. I think you know, mm -hmm. being able to, you know, one of the things is uh, there's a lot of people that took a chance on me, so that mm -hmm. you know that that got me to the place where I am. Um, so so if I if I do become famous, I want to become famous for being able to to do that for other people. I love uh, it. You know, everything else is just temporary. Oh, very good. Last question for you: What's the first music you ever purchased? <laughs> so this was in Botswana. Mm -hmm, um, we mm -hmm. had a we had a neighbor who used to work at the American consulate, and she was leaving. So she told me she I can have anything in a house, especially her old records. And I got mm -hmm. uh, this this record um, of Prince. Yep. Uh, I think this was uh, this was what back way back. So that was my first record, my first experience with English music and mm -hmm. everything all in one. <laughs> that is awesome. Great artist, great artist. Um, who do you recommend as a guest for this podcast in the future? I'm guessing. Uh, have you? You've probably. I, I, I miss who else you've uh, talked to on this. Have you talked to um, our friends in the Part Platform, Charles? Yep. Stephen. Yep. Ryan Cunningham. Yep. <laughs> oh, well, you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I even had, uh, as in Hayden Stafford, on uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, and, you know, I've even had James Phillips on the show. So Nice. Um, Actually, uh, one of our uh, newest um, GMs in the org, Grace Smith. Awesome. Um, this sounds good. Yes. So he, he actually runs our sales application. Mm -hmm. um, I have a lot of fun uh, conversations with him. I think he would be. Um, Are you talking about Dynamics 365 Sales? Yes, Dynamics 365 oh, Sales. Finally, yeah. it has an owner that's going to do something amazing with it by the sense. <laughs> yes, so um, I'd a love lot to of talk fun conversations with them. Yeah, happy to connect you uh, if you can drop me an email. Yep. Excellent. If uh, Satish, if people want to catch up with you, are you going to be at any conferences in the near future? And are you on Twitter? Is there, is there ways they can uh, see what you're producing online? Yes, so I am on Twitter at uh, Satish Thomas. Um, simple enough. And yes, I'm planning to be at Embass. Um, I'm usually at the, the UGs and all that good stuff. So that is one of my favorite parts of the jobs, you know, getting feedback, getting to see the good, the bad, all that feedback from customers. So um, yeah, Embass, all that good stuff. But on Twitter, LinkedIn, just drop me a message. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to engage and, and help as I can. Hey, thanks for listening. If you have not left a rating and feedback on iTunes, please, can you just go to nz365guy.com forward slash iTunes. It'll take you to that uh, site uh, on uh, Apple and it'll allow you to give me a rating. I just need to get a few more feedbacks, uh, positive ratings, that type of thing, for my ratings to actually show up. So I'd appreciate it if you have enjoyed the show or any of my shows, uh, I'd appreciate if you did that. Remember, full show notes can be found at nz365guy.com forward slash 170. Until you next time, have a great week.